if you are an estate or letting agent or someone who is interested in the property market, then this, the UK Property Market Stat Show, is for you. This week, I'm joined by special guest Ian White, who is pretty big in the game when it comes to estate agency. He used to be a director of Leaders Romans and now mentors and guides some of the biggest names in the estate agency industry. If he doesn't know anything, then it's a pretty poor show. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Ian. No worries. Thank you for having me, Chris. No worries. I think this is your second time back, so you passed your audition. Um, <laughs> the purpose of this show, ladies and gentlemen, watching this uh, is to kind of predict what's happening in the property market. As I say every week, most of the stats that are out there in the UK property market are talking about when the property is completed and, and, and gone through the system, and which means that the stuff that's being reported today is sales that were agreed probably late spring, early summer in 2022. We're here to look at the top of the funnel, which is the houses that are coming on the market. Are there too many coming on the market? Are there not enough? Because it is a pure, simple demand and supply. We look at properties that are being reduced in price. We look at whether they're selling or not and, and everything else to do with the top end of the funnel. Like I said, this is not necessarily for homeowners, but if you are a homeowner or a landlord and you're into your data, this could be of interest, but primarily it's for state and letting agents. The, the format of the show is as follows, that we'll spend the first 20 minutes looking at the national stats. We will then move on and look at some regional stats. And then we will then go to a city or a town and really drill down deep. And this week, um, Ian, I've chosen Oxford, um, uh, you being a learned man, I'm sure you are the professor of of estate agency awesomeness there. So uh, let's blow smoke up the arse and let's crack on. Um, so the stats that we're looking at this week are for week 11, 2023, which uh, for the purposes of real dates is Monday the 13th to Sunday the 19th of March, 2023. And we will be comparing week 11 versus other week 11s from 2017 onwards so mate let's do absolutely dive in and crack in and as always we start at the top of the funnel which is and you should be able to see the graph there Ian um, I can I nothing, can uh, we always start with new listings because at the end of the day if you haven't got listings nothing happens so we're going to start off with this week in isolation we are going to compare it against other weeks and also other years um accumulatively but let's just start off with the numbers there and um Thoughts on this one? I think in reality, obviously, listings are the estate agent's oxygen, aren't they? I mean, without the listings, whether it's sales or lettings, this obviously refers to sales, but um, listings have always been a key metric because if you've got the listings, then you've got a chance. If you haven't got the listings, you've got no chance. And... You know, these listing numbers are fairly healthy. I mean, they're, they're you know, take out the sort of midst of COVID and they're very comparable, if not ahead of, of what people might consider the norm. So I would say steady as she goes and very predictable that we're, we're moving into a predictable market, if that makes sense. It's, you know, what, what was very unpredictable is now starting to take shape. Um, and I, I think these numbers will remain solid for some time to come. Indeed. Um, again, let's just, just compare this with the running average. The running average, excluding week one, which again, is always a hangover from uh, New Year. Um, the average number of properties listed each week has been 33,029. So uh, in 20, 
23. So again, you know, it really is. It almost seems like a, a tonal level that it's it it really has been between 32.5 and 33, uh, 34, uh, it, it's I find it truly amazing that the same number of listings almost come on every single week. So interesting. Right, let's move on and talk about the price that age properties are coming on the market at. Um, and the average price is 427 this week. Last week it was 430, the week before 419. Um, again, this has been pretty hovering around the 4, 419 to 420 mark, uh, 430 mark, 420, 430. Thoughts on this? I think in reality, what I'm seeing, if you took the stats away from me that I didn't have the benefit of the chart in front of me, what I'm seeing across my client base is that, you know, there is no doubt that I think asking prices have or certainly selling prices have dropped back a little bit. I think the ability to negotiate come into play. I think prices are getting a little bit more sensible for the, the really motivated sellers. I think this what this is showing is partly the lag on prices in terms of, you know, the stuff in the system. But also, I think slightly bigger properties, slightly larger family homes are coming for sale because they're the ones that are feeling the squeeze on the cost of living. They're older people in a big old house. Kids have left, flown the nest don't need the big three bed, four bed detached, and they're trading to resolve the problem through through it, coming down and releasing capital, I think is what we're seeing. Indeed, I, I do have some data that backs that up. It, it, unfortunately, it's, it is uh, experimental data, which means I, I'm unable to show it on the, on the show, but it is it is from my data source. I'll explain who the data source is later in the show. It's going to turn uh, the light on, Christy. Okay, no worries, good. To, right, okay. Um, but again, again, and we've been pretty steady on that one. I, I, if, and there is a diff. We're going to compare the difference between price, asking price versus what's actually selling, and there is a gap. And I had a very healthy discussion with Ben Madden last week, which again we might be able to carry on. I think, um, I think the, th I think the thing, just going back to that slide, that's very interesting for estate agents in terms of what this means for revenue is if there are ten to fifteen percent less transactions, but there is ten to fifteen percent increase in the price, which is roughly. You know, you're talking about 10, well, maybe a little bit more, actually, in some cases. You don't need to sell as many houses as long as you don't drop your fees. So, so, so in reality, the agents at the moment looking at this chart are having to sell fewer properties. And as long as they've not reduced their fee, they're actually selling fewer properties for a better or similar return. And that that's great news. OK, well, we are going to come on and talk about the houses that are selling and just see right. if, that, okay. if, that if that matches up. So this is a cumulative listings from the January the 1st. OK, so basically the, the hair got the, the hair got running on the 1st of Jan and we stopped it at the end of week 11. And as you can quite clearly see the number of listings in 2023 are at 339,000. And again, there's not much there's not a huge difference in all of those years, is there? They're quite tightly packed. Uh, again, I find it fascinating that we, you know, that the property market is not just one; it's just lots of flies' eyes. But the numbers always seem to be this, you know, in the same ballpark. Yeah, I, I, as I say, what you know, I think the market is predictably predictable, and I think that's causing people a problem because they can't handle it. Um, they don't want it to be predictable. They 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 want headlines. They want to be able to grab yes statistics. But at the end of the day, it is pretty predictable. It it, it is robust. It does what it does. Again, boys and girls, anyone that's into your property data, what you could always do is just um, each week map how many houses have come on the market on Rightmove, other portals are available, see how many houses come on the market each week, um, and also um, how many properties there are for sale at, on the fixed date, say, well, first of every month, because that will give you a flavour of where the market is because it's a pure demand and supply thing. 
Um, again, let's come back to this. This is plotting the each week, and I've compared it with 17, 18, and 19. And the reason I've done that, and I know I've had a little bit of criticism on social, but hey, that's you put your head under the parapet, is that again, you know, 2020 was was COVID year, and I don't want to, didn't want to look at that one simply because the numbers were all over the place. And 21 and 22 were quite unique years. And I think comparing ourselves to crazy years is not the right thing to do. I wanted to compare us with what I would, and I know there's such thing as normal, but 17 to 19 were more normal years. Again, just jump in any time when you want to say anything. Well, I think I think I think it's the difference between people trying to provide information that's of value and those that are trying to create headlines. The headline makers are looking for the big drops, the big gaps, the massive changes, because that's the sensational story. The reality is that comparing absolute peak of anything to maybe a, a more challenging period gives you such a big contrast, but it's not reality. You know, compare against the norm. And it, 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 when you do compare against the norm, as you can see, in reality, it all becomes very vanilla. There's not there's not a lot of up and down. It's, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, in the same breath, when the headlines want to talk about prices have risen by 50%, you know, it's the same thing. They're just looking for contrast. They're looking for big sensational numbers. Um, well, headlines I, sell newspapers, don't they? Um, and again, I know there's people out there who who believe that the glass is half full at the moment. And yes, we have the issue with the banks. And it, and, I, and again, you know, if that all blows up, which we no one knows, but if it does, then all bets are off. But but if it doesn't, stop pouring petrol on the fire and look at the stats. It is hard work out there for estate agents. It's really hard out there for first-time buyers. But it was never going to last interest rates of 0.1%. And you and I have got enough grey hair. Well, I have hair. You're, you're, whatever hair you have left, Ian, is grey. Grey, mate. You know, the average long-time interest rates are 7%. If you can get, you can get yourself a five-year fixed rate at under 4% with a reasonably not heavy discount, uh, with a, a, a deposit, you, you should be fine. Let's move on to uh, price changes and... It really does show that estate agents are working their stock at the moment with with price changes at eighteen thousand. And again, we ha we have been at these sort of levels, seventeen or eighteen thousand, every single week. That works. That's working on the assumption that we're, not assumption that estate agents are price changing their stock somewhere in the order of about seven percent of properties a month are having their price changes. Do you think that's enough? Um, I, it depends how many were overpriced in the first place. It's the only answer, Chris, because there's a number of ways of interpreting this graph. We could say that on 18,622 occasions, we got the price wrong in, at the outset. You could argue that vendors are drawing their own conclusion that they're, you know, the, the people that really are motivated to sell are taking action. And you could draw the conclusion that the agents are getting to grips with the messaging, and that's that's now starting to resonate with the sellers. And that gap between potentially seller desire and, and need versus reality is starting to close and a, a, as it does as we will see later in your slide sales volume will return um how or why that you're seeing that 2023 number um i think is a little bit of all all of that that 18,622 is a little bit agency a little bit owner coming to their own conclusion a little bit must sell people taking action um a little bit of realization across all of those indices are, are bringing around the price more, more uh, realistically price stock. So let us now move on and look at the price, the average price. And this is the average asking price of a property that is of the 18,622 that got reduced last week. 
what was the asking price before it was reduced? Now, we don't have the stats on how much it was reduced by, but it just shows that the the property, whilst the average price of the properties coming on the market is 42430, the stuff that's actually being reduced is around 10% lower around that 390 mark. And again, that number has been hovering around late 380s, early 390s for the last six or seven weeks. Again, you know, some there is almost it's boringly the same, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing seismic happening here, is there? No, it's just a question of you know steady as she goes. I mean, it, it, it's we are in a normal market, therefore you'd expect to see normal rhythmic patterns. Okay, good stuff. Let, let's move on. So now we're looking at week eleven um, of the number of properties that are sold to bit the contract. Basically, in layman's terms, anyone between last Monday, uh, the week last Monday and Sunday, where a sold board went uh, on the on the property, and the UK estate agent sold twenty three thousand six hundred. Now, last week, the number was 23,417, which was the best number since the Liz Truss uh, budget, and it's beaten it. This week's beaten it. In fact, every single week, we have been getting better in the last five weeks. Incrementally, 22, 22.6, 23.2, 23.4, now 23.6. Again, we are... It's just, market slowly, it's just the market slowly getting to grips with itself. It's... Uh... More listings will merely always mean more sales, so so, so that's logical. Um, the people that are living in the past have either been shaken out of the tree, decided to stay put, and you've now got this fresh load of sellers and buyers in the system who are doing their sums based on today's financial markets and everything else. Um, and slowly but surely, I suspect, you know, maybe with the odd stutter here and there, um, and of course the banking situation may be a stutter. I mean, it's difficult to tell where that'll end. Um, particularly if another bank makes similar issues, I think I think that that'll cause a bit more of a stutter. But um, I think it just naturally will return to normal, apart from any external influences, um, and that's just to be expected. The asking average asking price of properties that are being sold this week, the so the twenty three thousand six hundred and one properties that sold last week was £358,000, which is 19.16% lower than the average asking price of the properties that came onto the market. Now, that number has been pretty steady in the last six or seven weeks nationally, that the difference between the prices of of what's coming on the market have been hovering around 410, 420, and the prices that are actually selling are 380, 390. Now, that's not to say that everything that's selling at 424, 430 is selling for, for 358 in this instance, because it's, as I said, it's been selling around, sorry, I'll get my numbers right. Um, average, the properties that have been coming on the market have been around 420, 430. The stuff that's selling has been around 340 to 360. That's not to say that there's been a 20 grand difference uh, in terms of price change. It's just that the, the lower price properties have a greater propensity of selling. Uh, yes, and I think that's pretty straightforward. If there's going to be overvaluation in the market, it will get more marked the higher you go up because it's easier to make a mistake. Secondly, the higher you go up, the less likely there are to be stressed sellers that that, that will take action faster. Yes. Um, and thirdly, if the mortgage is smaller, the current interest rates have less of an impact on affordability than if you're buying with a huge mortgage. So 
again, very, very predictable. But I think what will happen is, is as, as the prices align and people get used to it, you'll, you, you, you'll start to see, um, you'll start to see that creep back up as the more expensive stock, you know, as, as in the bigger properties start to gain traction with prices and, and they'll start to sell. Well, what is particularly interesting, and we'll get to the regional stuff here, is a lot of that is being dragged up or that gap from inner London. And because the numbers are so big, the numbers do do really stretch the figures. Yeah. If you take London out of it, uh, mo- the, the gap uh, reduces on up to around 5 to 10% in most regions. It's just that London is a law to itself and the numbers are so big and it's a slightly sluggish market in in London. It is affecting the national figures. That's why we look at the regional figures. Okay, let's move on and talk about accumulative... Exchange rates are affecting London as well, because a lot of London market is yes. not to UK residents, it's to overseas buyers, True. and what's driving certain activities there, particularly in pro- the very prime parts of London, is, is more to do with foreigners buying with uh, exchange rates that are very favourable to them. It's a complete micro... Indeed. Um, just, it's, just... it's not relevant to everyone else. Just for information purposes, inner London is classed as W postcode, SW postcode, SE postcode, North uh, East postcode, Northwest, um, that those the, and the W postcode. Uh, um, outer London is basically everything on the outside of that, uh, crossing M25 as well. A bit like a donut. Do like donuts. What's your favourite filling uh, on a on a donut, uh, Ian? I don't, it, back in the day, it was biscoffy, but I just don't eat donuts anymore, Chris. Of course, um, now you're, you're an athlete yourself. Now you're, now you're <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't, now you're pushing it. I'm not an athlete, but now uh, you're poundage. Yeah, I must I, go on your diet. Being a fat I, man, so. I, <laughs> I don't eat donuts. Well, sorry to say, I don't eat donuts. Uh, biscoffy would be my choice of good donut. stuff. That be a, that that would be one of those filled ones from America. The creme, the cream. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah good yeah. stuff. Yeah, like anyway, let's go back. People don't want to know what our donut flavor is. Are uh, cumulative gross sales? So again, ladies and gentlemen, gross sales are the properties that have agreed. Uh, they haven't fallen through, and we set the dogs running on the first of Jan, and we are here, and we are at two hundred twenty-seven thousand. But again, I am comparing it with twenty-one and twenty-two, but for balance. And again, 21, 22 were fantastic years. But look how that compares to 17, 18, 19, and 20. Thoughts on this, Ian? Well, I think there's a couple of things to note. One, I happen to know from my client strategies, there are more, I mean, we're not talking about a very thick end of the wedge. We're talking maybe 4 5 6% are being sold without visibility. So, so the number of off-market sales is increasing. Yes. Um, secondly, a lot of agents are now being a lot longer in the position to change a property to sold on the internet because they're waiting for surveys. We've all been hit hard with the abortives and the mortgage market is is tricky. So so I, I, I think with the caveat of what happens with the banking situation, assuming we have no more bad news that's about to hit in terms of another bank that needs bailing out or is going to go pop or whatever else, as long as that doesn't happen, then I suspect as these pipelines hit the point where the survey is done and they start to exchange and deals are starting to move through the system quicker now, I I think this will start to accelerate and I think prices will, will continue to drip off a little bit and come backwards. I think that'll bring value back to the market. The existing deals will start to go through with the caveat of the banking crisis, so with, that's what you want to call it, because if, if we do get more banks putting their hands up asking for bailouts, then 
uh, all bets are off in terms of where that might lead us. And, and just for your, everyone's benefit, the reason that is an issue is, is that you need banks and their liquidity to lend money to people to buy houses. And if the banks, all of the, that's what the credit crunch was, everyone stopped lending. If they stop lending, that means you can't have any mortgages and it will affect the property market. That's what happened in 0809. Okay, let's move on. Now, I have actually got some interesting stats that actually back up what you've just said. So put a big, big brownie point for yourself on that one, Ian. Boys and girls, I told you, he knew what he was talking about. Um, National weekly gross sales. So again, this just is each week. Comparing it again, we used 17, 18 and 19 because they are more normal years. I have, as I said, used other years accumulatively on the previous slide just to keep the people saying i'm not fair but i think it's only fair on this one that i do that again just normal boring isn't it well it's boring but the pink line is steadily rising and that's the important piece is that the pink line is steadily rising if 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 that happens and either fees increase a little or prices increase a little over time or the industry is actually in a fairly healthy place mm. it's just you know there are clearly some factors that create create uncertainty the banking crisis being or the potential banking crisis being one uh, and it isn't just lending it is literally the uncertainty of banks needing bailing out you know the the the, the knock on effect of that psychologically yes. with the headlines and everything else but um, the bit for me is the pink line is steadily inclining it it's is. not decreasing it's steadily but surely now the doom mongers can't handle this graph now, I know that they'll say that where's 21, 22, 23. I know that they'll say that where are the middle years. And of course, we will have declined for the middle years, but the middle years were not a, a normal market. You're, well, there you go. There you go. There you go. You, 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 I'm, I'm showing it to you. Those 21, 22 were exceptional years. 20, we're at 259. COVID hadn't hit because it hit next, I think it hit next week, doesn't it? Week 12. 20, 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it, was, it okay. was just after. Yeah. Okay, and you've got to remember in 2020, we had the Boris bounce because we had the general election in 19, back end in December. But furlough and everything else that fueled the bar. Yeah. So, so therefore, you know, um, I, I'm being fair to both both, both the people half empty and, and me half full. There you go. Um, sales fall through. Again, sales fall through, uh, boys and girls. And the... The 5,299 is the average, not for week 11, but for the whole last seven years. Okay. That is whether in the good markets and the bad markets, each week, 5,299 properties fell through on average per week, which works out. Well, we'll come on to the percentages in a second. So, again, you know, nothing really of, of, of great note here. Shall I just keep going and you jump in if you want? Um, this is the number of net sales. So again, for those people that don't know what that is, when a property goes sale agreed, it goes into an agent's pipeline and it takes on average about 19 weeks for a property to get through. During those 19 weeks, a sale can fall through. Again, apologies to the state agents. I know you know this, but some people might not know this. And each week, what happens is this. You might sell 10 houses. That's the gross number of sales. You might have two properties that uh, fall through which means that your net sales for the week are eight. That's not to say two of the 10 have, have fallen through. It just means you've sold 10 and two have fallen out your pipeline, net sales eight. This is the stuff that goes through to actually exchange, which means people get moved and people can, and estate agents get paid. So in, so, so in short, for the estate agents that are watching this, we're, we're, we're tracking to produce a year at the moment. I think there'll be some interruptions to this tracking, but we're tracking to produce a year that sits a few percent behind eight, uh, 17, 18, and 19. 
um, and twenty. Yeah, yeah, we are. I'm going to come on to. I'm going to come on to that stats in a second if I can find it. Do you know? I don't think I've got the graph. But, but, just, but, but the but the point is on this, Chris. If you were to charge, let's say the average fee in the UK is one percent. If the average charge became one point one five percent, there is no fiscal damage to the estate agency industry whatsoever, um, because you you gain on the fee what you lose on the volume. And if you've lost volume, you will almost certainly reduce your cost because every time you take a house on the market, you've got to photograph it. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You, you know, there, there's the time and effort to look after it, maintain it, show people around it. So so in re- in reality, the agents don't I mean, the, these tra- the, the biggest threat to a state agency is transactional volumes. It's not prices. Transactional volumes will be the big decider as to where our industry ends up. And if transactional volumes are down, by these small percents taking out the COVID years, they only have to increase fees a little to get back to where they were pre the boom. It's it's such an easy thing to say, but, but it's so obvious. Right, I'm actually going to pull up something which could be of interest to you. And for some reason, I didn't do a screen dump on this graph. So I'm, I'm actually having to, um, hold on a second, go for We're it. We're going live, are we? We're going live to some... Some on the hoof data source. Okay, hold on a second. So, do you see a th- something that says accumulative net sales in orange with a pink arrow at the bottom? Yeah, you do see that. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, good stuff. Well, if you do, everyone else does. That's good. Right. Okay. So this is the again we do accumulative sales from January the first, and it's net sales. Okay. Nine okay, last so 173, 173,116, that bottom number here last week was 92.3% of the 17, 18, and 19 average. Yeah, Ian said earlier on in the program that he suspected that some agents were just holding back putting the property sold subject to contract and waiting until the, the, the survey was done. That number is now 93.2, which is only 1%. You can say, well, that's just 1%. That number a few weeks ago was late 80s. Okay, so if you take if you take worst case scenario, uh, by my maths, you've got about a 32% drop off from the very peak accumulated net sale, 253, to where we are now, which is the yes. lowest number on this chart. Again, so if you just take, take the maths of it, if the average fee in the UK is 1%, which I think is probably about right, 1.32%, assuming my math is right, it's a 32% drop-off, solves the problem. If, if you're worried about, it, it's very simple. If transactional volumes fall, you either have to sell more expensive houses or charge more for the houses you sell. Or get a bit more market share. Or grow market share. Now, it's, it, obviously, growing market share of something that has shrunk, I think that shrinking, subject to the banking crisis, will probably arrest. I think the gap between the numbers of this year and last year will slowly but surely. Uh, I don't think we'll we'll end up in in the same transactional volumes. I think that's 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 fairy tale stuff, and certainly house prices won't finish this year as high as they finished last year. I, or got to October, November last year before the before the um, the, the mini budget that, that caused all this angst. But guys, it's really really simple. If the business stuff that you can't control is affecting the volume of transactions. Find a way to either take market share, as Chris says, or, or, or simply charge more for what you're doing. Because I promise you, everyone else is trying to solve the same conundrum. 
Alternatively, if it currently we end up at the year 32% down on transactions from the peak, you learn probably 25% less. And the reason the gap is because your cost will reduce. If you're only having to service 30% less properties, then the cost reduced, the cost of fuel, doing the viewings, showing people around, producing brochures, whatever it is you do will reduce. Right, let's get back to the graphs at, um, hold on a second. So, um, right, let's come back. Here we go, pull it up. We get back, here we go. So we did the gross sales. Yep, hold on, let's move on. Just, oh, right, okay. So um, we, our next graph is talking about the number of net sales, which we've done. Well, now we're just gonna whiz through these because some people, especially the corporates like these numbers, uh, shout up if you see some people don't like these graphs, but um, gross sales as a percentage of listings. Um, the seven, the seven, the seven year weekly average for the whole seven years, not 11 weeks, is 76 percent. So, um, you know, we are slightly below, you know, 69 is very similar to what we did in 17, 18, and 19. Obviously, 21 and 22 were a lot more because we were selling more of what we were listing. But in a nutshell, at the moment, we are selling 69 percent said agreed of what we're putting on the market. And that number has remained pretty static for the last, um, since Christmas. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's just, it's, when also it's I think normal. I mean, 70% was always a normal number and the 95% is abnormal. 70% um, is normal. I do think agents could do a little bit to help nudge that up with better quality marketing, better quality presentation, good, better stories, um, yeah. better pricing in the first place better negotiation skills but ultimately if if 30 because you've got to bear in mind some people change their mind and decide to stay put this isn't all about the agents failing to sell them sometimes the client changes their mind true just give you an idea last week it was 68 last week 67 the week before 69 68 66 65 69 so again that's been remaining pretty steady let's move on to fall throughs um and uh percentage of fall throughs uh so again the 24.28 is the average for the whole of last seven years, not just week 11, just the whole lot. So 24.2% of our properties fall through. Uh, and again, this week we're at 20.83. And we have been around the early 20s uh, for the last four weeks. Interestingly, Chris, is that 20.83% year to date or the week we're in? Just the week we're in. Okay. I mean, okay. obviously, if it keeps if it keeps tracking at twenty percent, then you've got a twenty five percent improvement on where we were, or where yeah. the average is. Yeah, I mean, um, as I said, the the average the average in the last seven weeks has been twenty one point five. If we if we go back to the um, the good old days of, and I say the good old days of twenty twenty two, let me just have a quick look. You you know, you're looking at uh, an average of. 27.5 so in the good year you know that groovy year that we had last year that where everything was flying and awesome it was 27.5 and let's go even 2021 which was like amazing you know like happy days and 23 percent so again i think a lot of people forget this that even though there were a lot of sales coming through there was quite a bit coming out the other end as well um let's just um price and again price changes as a percentage of listings again some people like this some people don't uh it just shows that the agents are working their stock um anything before we move on to the regional figures in 
No, just if you are going to reduce your stock, then make sure that it's by an amount that will be a real difference. It's you know don't don't do death by a thousand cuts with your clients. If it needs coming down by a price reduction is only effective if you reduce it to the price it needs to be. Okay, good stuff. Right, um, we're not going to talk about this because the, this this particular section, which is the national stats, has been discussed in the graphs above. Uh, but in a nutshell, green is good, red is bad. Okay, so you want green on the right and you want red on the left. Okay, and we're going to do we're going to whiz through the uh, the stat on the regions and we'll spot sh shout out if anything screams at you, Ian. Uh, but we'll, we'll then leave to the final show, which is. Well, I think I, th I think on the national stats that shows that we're moving from red to green. There is a slow. I presume what what does white mean, Chris? White is in the middle. Okay, so right. red so is red, red is bad. Then it goes to white. Then it goes to green. So very simply on the metrics that you're putting in there, um, we, we've gone from being mainly red to in the middle there was a little bit of white, and then and now we've got you know quite a bit of green because we're transitioning, and and it's finding its rhythm. The market's doing what the market always does. It's it's taking the negativity and it, its robust nature is delivering positive results again. Um, I think it'll continue to do. I think it will continue to do that. Okay, so all these all these graphs here are available to download on the YouTube link. If you go to the descriptions, there is a link, a, a WeTransfer link, and you can download it. They are there for your personal use. They are not to be shared on social media without you my express permission. Although, to be honest with you, there is, I wouldn't actually advise anyone push this stuff out because this is more for estate agents. You're not going to get these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this particular one just compares you with the, the running four-week average. Again, I'm not going to spend lots of time on this. Uh, but it just shows you what's happening. Let's dive into the regions, okay? Now, we're in alphabetical order. And again, green is good, red is bad. You can download these and you can look at them and how your region is doing. But if you can quite clearly see, East Midlands, East of England and Inner London are doing rather well. I know Inner London's got a few more fall-throughs there. We talked about the percentage difference between the listing price and the sale price. And look at these numbers here in the bottom right-hand corner, 28%, 16%, 32%, compared to your east of England, which is 9s and 14s and 10s. So again, and because London is such a big market and the numbers are big, it's dragging the national stats around. So again, Ian, spot on. You've got to take almost inner London out of the equation and look at what's happening in your specific area. I'm, I'm going to go on to the next one unless you want to say anything on this. No, other than, yes, London is such a big part of the overall picture. It, it skews the numbers. Unless, of course, you're in London, then, then take everything else out and only look at the London numbers. Indeed. Okay, so now we're, we're now going up north to the northeast. And again, a lot more green on the northwest, where it looks like on northeast we've got a bit of red, but that red is on price changes. So, boys and girls in the northeast, you do need to actually, do you know, I've cocked up there, mate. Because red is bad. In fact, we want price changes to be good. So bloody hell! I mean, this this spreadsheet six hundred long. So that that six hundred eleven in red in the top right hand corner should be green. I should be green. Myself, yeah, I'll sure. I'll punish myself severely on that one. Um, right back we go. Um, oh, sorry, outer London. Nice and lots of greens there. Again, boys and girls. You, you know, uh, interestingly, outer London really did take off a little bit better than inner London. And again, do go and look on our YouTube channel for the UK stats show. You can compare and contrast different weeks. We're now looking at Scotland. Um, and again, Scotland is a market to itself. But again, Ian, lots of greens on the right hand side. That's what we like to see, isn't it? Which is transitioning from one market to another. As I say, it's uh, uh, I mean, the southeast is is 
you know, probably the market that typically would go out of a problem quickest, quicker than most. It has a more robust market than most. And you're seeing, you know, uh, that that starting to take effect with the, the green right-hand side of the graph as opposed to the red left-hand side of the graph. Good stuff. Again, just again, boys and girls watching this uh, at home, have a look at the difference between listing price and sale price. And again, you'll notice Southeast that that has been widening slightly, but nothing seismic compared compared to London, but just keep an eye on that. Uh, we've now got the Welsh, the West Midlands and Yorkshire and Humber side. And again, the green stuff is looking really good there. Looks like the sales fallen through in Wales at the top, just a little peep, a little blip last week. But again, we're not talking massive numbers here. Again, as Ian said, just steady as you go, a little bit boring. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but uh, because I do want to crack on. But again, you can download these and look at these to your heart's content. This is the sales fall through figures, and you can just see your local areas and how the the number the colors are moving to where to where you should be. Um, again, let's just um, again, we're not going to spend too much time on this one, right? Um, and then the cumulative stats to date, you've already seen those in the graphs, but I think it's just always nice to see the numbers. Right, Ian, uh, we're now in the last 20 minutes of the show. Shall we go to Oxford? Let's have a look at Oxford, yeah. Good stuff, right? Okay, so um, let's have a look. So, so for the purposes of this, we have looked at the postcodes of OX1, OX2, and OX3. Okay, I will now pull up the the uh, graphs, and you should be able to see the um, the twenty EA Insight platform. Can you just confirm that, Ian? I can see it. I can see it perfectly. Thank you. Right then. Okay, so boys and girls, just so you're aware, because again, you're expecting this. All of the data in this show, well, the vast majority of it, comes from the twenty EA Insights platform, which this is this is it. This is, they give me access to the platform for the national figures, which has enabled me to do this show. This platform is available for estate agents and you can drill down to your own towns and they you, you can buy your own postcodes and you can look at the data that we look at here. I must stress to you, I've not been paid or given any consideration by 20EA um, for this platform. Um, it is just, it is kind of like a symbiotic relationship but they give me the platform and in return i use the data to inform you guys and girls in the state agency but you can check them out do not mention my name because i don't earn commission but if you want to check them out uh give them a call and it's 20 ea insights right that's the plug over i've got to say it mate because they give me this data and it's fucking amazing excuse my french yeah. your term so we're in ox1 right so the first thing we are looking at is um we are looking at the estate agents. So let's just make a mental note. We're going to start off with new instructions. And as you can quite clearly see, so the average price of a property, so we, we are defaulted from 21 through to 23. We're going to look at new instructions. Let's remember 602, which is the average price of a property that's come on the market in the last uh, two years and a bit. And let us move and look at each agent. So we're going to kick off with chancellors and you they obviously had a massive as you can see here in the bottom left bottom left hand corner they had a big obviously had a big january their market share at the moment uh, for the last 18 months uh two years has been 16 percent but i think it quite clearly showed it ha looks like it's been drifting slightly downwards uh that again i'm not making any comments good or bad 
again just shout up if you know any of these agents well i think i mean chancellors must be the biggest in oxford i think they've probably got the most offices so the, the volume's largely irrelevant the property count but um and they've got more offices sharing that you know sharing that market share because generally speaking what i see is good quality independence a growing market share and the very very small agents are holding water and the big eight the big corporates are actually losing market share that's what i see as a general rule there's always an exception i know i'm going to get a load of ceos now ringing me up but in reality i feel i'd be able to show them the data to say you're losing market share and people like brecken and brecken uh, you know, they haven't got the number of offices of, of chancellors in those OX postcodes, but look look where they are. So if you actually broke that per office, their numbers would be very impressive. But again, do you need four or five offices? If you can have one office and, and you know, you have, that means only one rent, not four rents, and you've got less, sta- less staff costs. It's that funny balancing act. Scott Fraser, nice independent estate agents. Um, uh, Patrick Murray's a decent chap. And again, let's just let's just do a big shout out to Greg Barnes at Brecon and Brecon. He's a damn good operator, uh, and I've always thought the world of him. Um, coming back to chancellors, I did put a phone call in, but they didn't want to talk to me uh, about this, so I can't get their opinion <laughs> on anything. Um, let's move on and talk to Penny St Clair now. Interestingly, Penny St Clair. Um, it, I, I find it, you know, I, it, interesting for the rent, and we're going to come on to the rent, but finders keepers are absolutely massive in the rental side, which I think Countrywide bought out, but not yeah. very good on the sales. Brecon and Brecon, they're number two in the town for city for sales and um, and number 10 for lettings. There is quite a, a disparity, but what is fascinating... But the, 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 this represents the whole of the OX postcodes, doesn't it? Not no, just the city centre. No, this is... no this, is, this is just Oxford. OX. Yes, but... It, but but it's an OX postcode, all of no, them. No, it isn't. It okay, isn't. this is just the city centre, yeah? This is OX 1, 2, 3, and 4, which is Oxford. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay got you. Okay. Um, Penny Sinclair looks like they've been growing their market share quite nicely. Uh, you talked about corporates. Connells um, looks like they've been battering all over the place. They're at 5.6. Andrews, which again... They won't say they're a corporate, you know, um, good, good operator. I do I do think a lot of them. Um, okay, they must have had a bad February. Value were off on holiday or something. But again, bubbling around. Chamberlain Evans, run by Richard Evans. Um, yeah, it's, okay. interesting. It's, it's interesting these lines are up and down and all over the place. But if you take the start point and the, if you take the start point in 21 and the, the point now in 23, that's the real, It's the well, it, it is the line between this... Uh, January 21 and January 23. Is it up or down? You're on, I don't know what brand. Well, like the mag- what, what I like to do is this. I like to look, this is this number here. So Savile's 2.82. So you make a mental note of where the 2.82 is and is, and the, is it going above the average? Or is it going, is it dropping? And that's, that's the way I work that on. That yeah. It's a, um, yeah. Uh, well, no, uh, different agents all, as I say, if someone leaves, someone joins, new agent opens, they open a secondary office in, a subsidiary of where they are I mean, there's lots of things that, that that can um lots of things that can change okay so now we're talking and again my apology and this might not be of interest to anyone outside oxford but this is going to be like uh, uh yeah for, for oxford agents they're going to be all over this what we've got here is the level of stock of properties that are for sale in oxford and uh, the and as you can quite the red is 23 the dark blue is 22 and the um a topic no not topic the 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 turquoise color um is 21 and we quite clearly see that stock levels have been rising this year compared to the year before um 
And again, stock, we'll... stock, stock, stock levels rising gives the agents an opportunity to catch up the sales numbers. If stock levels were falling and transactional numbers were already below, then it'd be a very hard ask to get anywhere near the numbers. Good stuff. Let's move on and look at this particular graph. And this one here is quite complicated. So what I've actually done is I've actually taken some of this detail and put it into some graph work because uh, there's so much important data here. The magic thing here is, is that on the left-hand side, rank you're ranked in new instructions. We've got the number of instructions in the last 12 months. We then look at what how many they have sold in the last 12 months. But the magic thing is the exchanged versus withdrawn ratio. So what I'm going to do now is, this is a new thing, Ian. So you are, you are very lucky, your man, to... To, to see this um i've actually gone and put this into graph format so let me just um just fill slightly while i can find it hold on hold on hold on, hold on. there we go uh, it looked like a too complicated a graph for me chris it was it was sort of i was having to read the uh yeah um, panel. Um, yeah okay so i've got something here so um hold on so do you see a red and blue graph on the on the screen uh no i see christopher watkins has started screen sharing but no no graph came up right hold on a second here we go so i yeah i got it okay so this this particular graph here is a graphical representation of the previous grid which was a bit of a stat fest okay and a, a, a statistic which i'm totally obsessed about is you can put them on the market you can sell the bloody things but but the bottom line is what comes out the exhaust. And if so prop- this is this is listings to exchanges. As no, I'm going to explain what this is. Okay. Yeah. So basically, when a prop forget what forget what what gets listed, forget what gets sold, a property leaving an estate agents will like is either going to be an exchange or a withdrawal. Yeah. 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 Okay. And th- what this is saying is this. So the left to right is the is. We've gone left to right. So chancellors were number one for listings. So, and Brecon and Brecon were number two for listings. So we've gone left. So the order of this is listing. By listing numbers. Okay. Yep. In the last year. So chancellors exchanged contracts on 62.9% of the properties that left their agency. Came off their... Came portfolio. off their books. Okay. Yep. The other percentage went to withdraw either or a a competitor or a competitor okay these stats are from 20 ea and if anyone has got an issue with the data please speak with 20 ea i'm just using their data okay we now move on to brecon and brecon 79 percent scott fraser 68 percent and penny and sinclair 72 and as we go down the line now this is particularly interested ian Blue is corporate, red is independent. Well, I think I think I think it'd be reasonable to suggest, but not reasonable to suggest. I think it's a well-known fact that you know the caliber of what sits inside an office like Brecon and Brecon Penny Sinclair. I don't know Scott Fraser very well, but um it will typically be higher. And this is transposing into these results. They sell a higher percentage of what they have at any given time rather than lose it. Um I, I think it's because they know how to value in the first place. I think it's because they know how to manage the stock price in the event they've got it wrong. And I think they know how to negotiate correctly when the time comes. 
uh, better than everybody else. Um, okay. well, great, gra- great, great, great grasp for a lister if you if you're working for sort of anal analyse is it analyst? Yes, um, small estate agency. Um, yeah, and nice people as well. Nice yeah, but if you show if you show that to a client, look, come to me. I'll give you 81, 81 nearly eighty two percent chance of selling. Um, the cheaper guy gives you. I don't know what the lowest number on that graph is. Fifty something percent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it 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 paints a story. It's interesting that the blue is typically corporates. You surprise me with the guys that typically deal with the higher value houses. I think that's more to do with the challenges in the higher end of the market than it is probably their ability to market and sell. Um. It, it is interesting. I haven't shown this because we, we don't want to. We don't want too much. There, of stat there, 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 there is a massively outstanding stat on this, though. We all uh, pillory and talk about purple bricks and how rubbish they are. Well, if your number is lower than their sixty-seven point six percent, think again. Well, if you watched last week's show, which was prop stat show, uh, when we looked at uh, Swansea, purple bricks were the best estate agent for exchange of contracts which blew everyone's mind. Well, it won't make them happy and they'll want to fight the stats. What they need to do is improve what they're doing day to day in their business and stop worrying about the stats and just make sure that, you know. Indeed. Okay. They get them sold. Okay. Next graph is price changes. So therefore, how much of the stock did you price change in the last 12 months? Whether it's sold or not, Chris. Don't know. Uh, No, just whether you price changed it or not. Yeah. Okay. It's a massive story. We don't need to go into detail. Everyone can read that. We will probably end up with lawyers on our case, but you know, you can see that agents are overvaluing. They're having to readjust, and it still isn't bringing the result as good as those agents that get it right on day one. But again, you I know, think just look at the, to- look at the top five, and look at their percentages, and then look at what they actually sell. Yeah, it means that some agents are getting it right early in the game, and and not having to reduce some are relying on valuation to get it on, they're reducing it and still not selling the bloody things. Again, the um, data is the data. We're not making any conclusions whatsoever. We're just putting it out there and you can have a look and make your own judgment. I'm, I, I'm very happy to draw some conclusions, Chris. Go on. Um, well, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, there are some agents there that overvalue. When they get them down, they don't get them down by enough. They fail the vendors. They don't sell a high percentage of their stock. There are other agents on there, and I don't need to say who they are, who value it correctly, they occasionally have to readjust the price. And as a result, they get a much higher percentage of their stock through. I know if I was a lister who I'd prefer to work for, and I know if I was an estate agent who I'd want to learn from. Right, let's move on. So this particular also graph is called the Omni Valuations and Price Achieved slide, okay? Got to be very careful how we present this, but basically, in a nutshell, for every house that all of you agents here have put onto the market, 20 EA have done an automated valuation model or a Valpal figure for every house that you have listed. What they have then done is then, so if that's their model, other automated valuation models are, are available. What they have then done is then compared what you put it on the market for versus what it thought the original valuation was. And as you can quite clearly see here, the bigger the number here, the further the gap is between what they think it's worth and what and what the asking price was. The bigger the number there, the more that the gap is between those two figures. What then happened is what price did you achieve from the original asking price? This has to be slightly disjointed 
data because obviously it's going back to the land registry for two or three months ago because it won't have the clean set. No, so we're looking at the last 12 months, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so therefore, if you've got a line, an orange line on this, it means that you've sold it over the asking price and um, and if and before what how you what you achieved sorry yeah what you I, I i personally don't know whether i put any validity on this whatsoever i mean the, i think the automatic valuation tools are brilliant for lead gen i don't think they're a very good data source to see whether you're overvaluing or not i mean i just don't um so if you're asking me this would be one of my glaze over turn the page i i, I love the avms for a uh the automatic valuation things to get leads uh, to provide the consumer with accuracy, I think they need to speak to an expert to do that, and I I would put little or no okay. stall on 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 that. I mean, it probably paints a picture to a degree, but there's data for data's sake, and this would come under that for my purpose, and it would be right to turn the page, move on. Um, okay, well, uh, let, let me see if I can let me see if I can persuade you differently. If we basically the the twenty EA model. A, basically different properties sell at different uh, stage and sell at different prices so basically they work out an average percentage what you list at versus what you sell at and apply that to a standard 600 grand house this is what 20 ea think the different estate agents sell their houses for what compared to the asking price or just their stock is slightly more expensive than everyone else's or slightly cheaper than everyone else's so what happens is this so therefore 20 ea have done a an automated valuation model on every house that you put on the market. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, you know what they, what, and then they know what you sold it for because that's on the land registry. Yeah. yeah. If you're a posh end agent, you're selling posh end stuff. If you're a cheap end agent, you're selling the cheap end stuff, but basically the percentage is going, always going to be the same. You can work out your average percentage. Yeah. From the, from the AVM. Yeah. yeah from the AVM. So therefore they applied the average percentage to a, a six hundred thousand pound house, so you can have a level playing field. Yeah. Okay. And this is what the data from that graph actually says. What the the AVM twenty EA what, what has come out at? Yeah. I, I, as I say, on the grounds that we've got the AVM valuation as the starting point, from where I'm sat, that would be. But it's, let's be honest. If it's a crap AVM, which I don't know if it is or not. If it's you, if it's calculating it all on the same level playing field, and then mm -hmm. see what the agents sell it for, and there's thousands of sales. Again, it depends what you what store you take from this. But the simple fact is, is that it, it this is a model, and you can use it to your advantage if you want. I know there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. But again, yeah, just people like Carter Jonas sell very rural, unique individuals. No, what I've said, matter. no, no, that doesn't matter because they basically worked out your percentage and then just applied it to a six hundred grand house. Yeah, based on an AVM, though. Yes, but if the AVM is the same AVM for every house, even if there's peculiarities to it, it's still a base. Yeah, but an, an AVM will become more and more accurate the more and more volume of similar houses have gone through the system. Mm. Carter, Jonas, Knight, Frank, Savills, to be fair, it's an unfair measurement for them because their houses aren't regular. They're not standard. They're, no. The AVMs become less and less reliable. If you're selling lots of properties on estates in, say, Bracknell or wherever it might be, some great big estate where... There's hundreds of properties the same. The ADM becomes pretty accurate. Um, so look, I, there's a place for ADMs for me. It's lead gen. I think they're brilliant at lead gen. I, I don't think I personally would use them as a data source. So you haven't persuaded me yet, Chris. You're gonna have to, you have to work harder. I will um, continue. I, to, I, I, I will continue AVM, harder. Okay, good man. <laughs> okay.
Um, right. Okay. So I think um, we'll, we'll draw the, the the show to a conclusion there. Um, any final thoughts that you want to talk about before we finish the show? I just think, look, guys, whatever happens will happen. Just be prepared for the worst. Make sure that you set yourself up in a good place. Um, you know, because whatever happens to the market, let's say the banking, we do get one or two more banks topple. Let's say the financial markets collapse, which they, you know, the big chunk of, they dropped by 20 odd percent, or my pension did in the last couple of weeks since the announcement of the banks. Whatever it produces on the downside, there has to be an upside. If the swing drops this side, something goes up. Um, you just got to be ready to catch what goes up and make sure that you're in prime position to market to that, to pick up that clientele. So, if, if, if we go into debt, more people will sell because of debt. We'll go and work out who those people are and get them on your books. Um, uh, you know, so I, I, I'm just a believer in there's going to be a finite number of people that will move. I don't think that'll be a disastrous number, but it's also not going to be a prolific number this year. Um, charge appropriately. Uh, make sure that your business cost is aligned to the market we're in, that you're not over exuberant in your spend, but you're also not cutting back so far that you haven't got enough to deal with. In fact, to be fair, Chris, we're seeing a lot of agents cut back so far in October, November. They're now desperately running into the recruitment space because the market just hasn't dropped off a bit. So they they repurposed the size of their business and cost base based on a total collapse of the market. Well, it just hasn't happened. Um, and, you know, the, some of these clickbait guys and all, all these guys um, that are trying to use these sensational headlines, it hasn't happened, guys. Report the truth. The truth isn't a problem. Just keep telling the people the truth. Yes, there are problems in the market. Yes, prices have dropped. Yes, fewer people are moving. But it ain't that bad. It's all pretty good stuff, in my opinion. Just work with what you've got, and, and you'll be okay. Ian, thank you very much for your insight today. I'd like to invite you back in four or five weeks' time for your fantastic insight. I'd like to thank you, the viewing public, for... Uh, the state agents, letting agents, and anyone who's a property geek. I hope that's been of use for you. If you've got any comments, especially constructive or bad ones, please do put them in the comments because uh, we do like uh, um, those sort of comments. If you particularly have a town want me to or city that you want me to look at, again, send me a message or put them in the comments and we'll add it to the list. We do have quite a long list of people wanting us to check their town out. As I said, all the data has been provided by 20EA Insights. If you have any queries with regard to the said data, please contact them directly. I'm just reporting it. Thank you for your time today, and we'll see you next week on week 12, all being well, where we'll find out what's happening in the UK property market. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.